between four and five, yeah. They, uh, I think one time we said five, and I put four in the bulletin. So show up between uh, four and five. And uh, so that gives us time for an afternoon nap. And uh, so appreciate that as we get ready for the float. And remember, there's a box in the education building for candy. Uh, if you want to drop some in there, um, you have until Wednesday to do it. So. And uh, I put on Facebook this morning, uh, you may not, but uh, I encourage you again this year, it was really neat last year to, each family brought an ornament to put on the tree, and so I'm encouraged you to do that again. Uh, you can take it home, at, you know, that last Sunday before Christmas, you can take it home, so you can put it on your tree, but uh, share it with everybody. It was interesting to see some of the uh, different uh, things that we have on our tree, so. Uh, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn to Isaiah chapter 60. We um, tackle Isaiah 60 this morning. It comes at an appropriate time today. This is the first Sunday of, of Advent, that season that uh, is the first, uh, or the four Sundays before Christmas, and this is that first Sunday. Um, and, you know, it, uh, we hope we had, everybody had a great Thanksgiving and uh, you know, filled up on turkey and, uh, you know, was able to spend some time with family. It's always such a great thing uh, to be able to do and realize we have much to be thankful for. And the greatest thing that we had to be thankful for uh, is not the things that we have, uh, but the people that we have. And, and the most important person that we have, hopefully, is Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Uh, and Isaiah begins to wrap up uh, his book in Isaiah chapter 60. We're down the home stretch, uh, nearing the end of the book. Uh, Isaiah reminds us again of uh, the redemption that's coming uh, and the, the hope that there is uh, because of what the Messiah would do. Uh, and so let's take a look, beginning in verse 1 of Isaiah chapter 60. It says, Arise, shine, uh, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around, and see. They all gather together, they come to you. Your son shall come from afar and your daughter shall be nursed at your side, and you shall see and become radiant, and your heart shall swell with joy, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you, the multitude of camels shall cover your land, the dromedaries of Midian and Epoch, all of those from Sheba shall come, and they shall bring gold and incense, and they shall proclaim the praises of the Lord. All the flocks of Kedar shall be gathered together to you. The rams of Nebaioth shall minister to you. They shall ascend with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Who are these who fly like a cloud and like doves to their roots? Surely the coastland shall wait for me, and the ships of Tarshish will come first to bring your sons from afar, their silver and their gold with them, to the name of the Lord your God, 
and to the Holy One of Israel, because he has glorified you. The sons of foreigners shall build up your walls, and their kings shall minister to you. For in my wrath I struck you, but in my favor I have had mercy on you. Therefore your gates shall be opened continually. You shall not shut, they shall not be shut day or night, that men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession. For the nation and the kingdom which will not serve you shall perish, and those nations shall be utterly ruined. The glory of Lebanon shall come to you, the cypress, the pine, the box tree together, to beautify the place of my sanctuary, and I will make the place of my feet glorious. And the sons of those who afflicted you shall come bowing to you, and all those who despised you shall fall prostrate at your soles of your feet, and they shall call you the city of the Lord, Zion of the Holy One of Israel. Whereas you have been forsaken and hated, so that no one went through, yea, you, I will make you an eternal excellence, a joy of many generations. You shall drink the milk of the Gentiles and the milk of the breast of kings, and you shall know uh, that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Jacob. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold, and instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze, uh, and instead of stones, iron. And I will make uh, your officers peace and your magistrates righteousness. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give you light to you. But the Lord will be to you an everlasting light, and your God your glory. Your sun shall no longer go down, nor shall your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light, and the days of your mourning shall be ended. Also your people shall be, all be righteous, they shall inherit the land forever, the branch of my planting, the work of my hands, that I may be glorified. A little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it in its time. A marvelous reminder about what uh, the gospel message and the hope that it brings uh, we find. And so Isaiah, as he again is wrapping up, uh, this message, who's he talking about here in chapter 60? He's talking about the promised Messiah that would come uh, and the work that he, that he would do. He said, you know what, he, he's used the image of darkness and reminded us that without God in our life, we're walking around in darkness. And we live in a very dark world. There's a lot of darkness in our world. I think we all would agree with that, that uh, you know, a lot of uh, killings and fightings and just all kinds of craziness going on um, here in, in our city and around uh, our nation and around the world. Uh, and, you know, for years and years, politicians have promised peace, uh, and yet peace has not come to the earth because peace does not come by handshakes. Peace comes from a relationship with the Almighty. And those that can't, that that refuse to know Him, can't know peace. 
And so Isaiah asks us a question in, in chapter 16. He says, are you still shining, Israel? I used to remember that uh, God said to Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 12, you remember, he said, Abraham, I want you to go uh, and leave the land that you know and go to a place that I'll show you. And he s said that God would uh, create through Abraham a people and through that, that people that would become the nation of Israel, a light would shine out to all the rest of the world. And what a, a great reminder. And the reason Israel was going to find itself in trouble was because it stopped being that light. They let the darkness overtake their light. They forgot that their light wasn't actually their light. It was God's light. And they programmed him right out of their existence. And trouble soon came to both the kingdoms. And so Isaiah is reminding them, and he says, listen, remember that you are called to be God's people. And because you're called to be God's people, you're supposed to be a light. Yes, you walk in darkness. You, you know, you, the, this world is a dark place, but guess what? Light wipes away darkness, doesn't it? In fact, that's what the definition of darkness is, is the absence of light. For where there's light, there's not complete darkness. It may be dim, but it's not dark if there's some light in, in the room. And so um, Isaiah is calling the people of Israel and calling us to let the people that we encounter see uh, three things that I want to mention to us this morning. The first is this, that Isaiah says, you know what? You need to make sure that the people see God through your life. They need to see that there is something different about you. Israel's problem was they had become just like all the other nations of the world. They had let public opinion and, you know, secular things and false gods infiltrate their life. And it ultimately was their undoing. And so Isaiah is reminding them this constant message of, hey, listen, God's going to bring judgment because you've left him. But you make sure that People understand, and you understand, that if you'll repent, if you'll come back to God, God will restore you. And God will continue to bless you, and God will bring you out of the darkness that you have created, and will bring darkness out of this world. In fact, throughout this chapter... Uh, Isaiah mentions that it's not just the Israelites that received the light. It's interesting that Isaiah says, you know what, the light will come upon you, but then he says, you will become the light. And then he says, all the nations of the world will come upon you. In other words, they're going to see your light, and they're going to be drawn to you, and they're going to come to know uh, the Lord. Uh, from all over. And this reminds us that God has always had a heartbeat for every 
people group on planet Earth, that God wants to save everyone, and God will save everyone if they will repent and receive that great offer uh, that Jesus gave, that great gift, you know, uh, as he laid his life down on the cross and shed his innocent blood for a crime that I committed and a crime that you committed. It was our sin debt that sent Jesus to the cross. And the good news of the gospel is, is that, as Paul reminds us of this, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And Isaiah understood that truth. And Paul understood that truth. And I hope that we understand that truth today. People need to see God working in your life. Are there any of us here this morning or watching on Facebook or on YouTube that are perfect? I guarantee you there's not. There's not one. And yet God loves us and God works in us and through us if we're willing to let him. And that's Isaiah's constant reminder to the nation of Israel and us. Is that, hey, yo-yos, left to your own devices and letting the, the things of this world control and direct your life are going to bring trouble. They're never going to provide the fulfillment and the joy, and the peace that you're looking for. Israel had to learn that lesson the hard way. Sadly, many of us have to learn that lesson the hard way. And like Israel, many of us have to learn that lesson more than one time. Because we forget it, like Israel forgot it. But Isaiah's message is, you know what, people need to see God working in your life and changing you and making you different. And because of your difference, others from all over the world will be drawn, not to you, but to Jesus. It gets lost somewhat in our English translations, but I think those that it's not that these foreign nations are bringing the people of Israel stuff, but rather they're bringing it to God. Now, are God's people getting the benefit of it? Yes. But they're bringing it to God, not to the people, because God alone is the one that's worthy, and God alone is the one who brings. Uh, and so, people need to know that God is working in your life. Even in the brokenness, even in the dimness, God is still there and he's working. And people need to see that. Secondly, uh, Isaiah says, you know what, you need to shine so that people can see God. But secondly, he says, you need to let people see salvation. Israel, both the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, if you read the books of history in the Old Testament, there were times when Israel was united together, but most of its history it was separated into two different kingdoms. 
both of them had the same problem. One of them was a little bit more faithful, a little bit longer to God, but they both ultimately had the same problem. And that's that they didn't live for God, and they didn't live according to God's ways, and they didn't concentrate, and they didn't worship, and they didn't rehearse God's word like God had told them to. You remember from Deuteronomy chapter 6, God says, listen, when you get up in the morning, think on my word. When you lay down at night, think on my word. As you're going through your day, think on my word. Keep them ever before you. So why did God say that? Because he knows how forgetful mankind is. And if we don't keep something ever before us, we forget. You know, here, here's an example. You know, I spent a, a semester learning Greek, and I took, spent a semester learning Hebrew in seminary. And when I, I, I know the Greek a little bit better, because uh, it's a little bit easier, uh, it's more like our, our English, Hebrew is, man, that was, that was the hardest B I ever made in my life. Uh, it was a tough class. Seth is going to find that out if he hadn't had, I don't think he's had, you haven't had Hebrew yet, have you? Yeah, you're going to find out. It will, it, I mean, it's totally, but you know what? Now, today, because I, have, I don't read Hebrew every day, and I don't, you know, there's some Old Testament scholars, you know, they think in Hebrew. I can look and I say, yep, that's Hebrew, but don't ask me to tell you what it means because I don't know because I haven't studied it. I, I haven't had that. It's been a lot of years since I've had uh, that class from a very good professor, and I've learned, and when I was in class, I learned. But because I haven't practiced it, and I haven't kept it before me, and you know what? God is that same way. And so God, Isaiah reminds us that we have to not only let people see God, but see that God will save them. Listen, God had called out Israel as his favored people. And for a while, in, in times of their history, they walked with God, and they knew God, and things went along pretty swimmingly. But then through a lot of days... They turned their back on God. And instead of trusting God, they trusted in Egypt or Syria or various different nations or trusted in wealth and trusted in, you know, how good commerce was going. And they forgot about God. And Isaiah says, you know what? Light has come to you. Light should not have had to come to Israel. Israel should have already had the light. But they had let it dim until it was barely even perceivable. And so Isaiah says, you know what? God wants to restore your light to full brightness. God wants to change you. God wants to give you victory. God wants to bring you restoration. God wants to... Um, know you. And greater than any silver or gold or you know, any title that we might have, the most precious thing we have is salvation. 
that God Almighty knows all the good and the bad and the ugly of us, and yet he loves us anyway, and he wants to be our friend. You know, sometimes there are people, when you know the truth about them, you kind of distance yourself from them, don't you? You know, if they've done something bad, you're like, ugh. God doesn't do that. God says, yeah, you know what? I know that you're a mess up. I know you're going to turn your back on me. I know you're just going to be plain stupid. And yet, I'm going to call you my people. And I'm going to make you light. I'm going to bring you restoration. You see, this world looks for salvation in a lot of things, just like Israel looked for salvation in a lot of things. But there's only one thing that can bring salvation, and that's God Almighty. And so Isaiah says, you know what? Hey, you all sin. And God has every right to wipe every single one of you off the planet and just say, I'm done with it. God has every right to do that. And yet, because of his great love for us, He's not willing to do that. He's still holding out hope that there's a remnant. And Isaiah talks a lot about this remnant, this small group that's going to be faithful to the Lord. And Isaiah says here in this chapter, you know what, God can take little and do a lot of good with a little. We can't do that, but God can. And nations look for salvation in, in all these other things. And, and Isaiah is pointing to a day when people would realize that their wealth and their bonds and their tanks and their armies is not what's going to deliver. And so many nations, Isaiah says, will come and find God is the one that can provide salvation. Mary Peter says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. God reminds us over and over again throughout the Old and the New Testament that God desires to have a relationship and to save all people. But that does not mean that all people are saved. But people need to see that if you are saved, they need to see it, and they should be able to tell it. They shouldn't have to ask you, are you a Christian? Are you saved? They should know it. And so Isaiah says, let the people see God, and let them see salvation, and then lastly... He reminded, let them see uh, peace. So let them see God, let them see salvation, and then lastly, let them see peace. God said, you know what, I'm going to take all these soldiers' instruments, and I'm going to turn them into instruments of peace. Those things that you think you need for, for protection and for defense, iron and uh, bronze, you know what? You're not going to need that anymore. 
is when God is your salvation, that's when you find peace. You find that God's strength and God's power is greater than anything on the face of this planet. And that no party, no particle, no circumstance can defeat God. Satan's been trying. Governments have been trying for eons to undo and to get rid of God. And you know what? They haven't succeeded and they never will. And God reminds us that, listen, you'll find peace. And this is how you find peace. It's in those last few verses that you become righteous. And our righteousness, the Gospels tell us and Paul tells us, and he said, you know what? The righteousness that you have is not your own. For your righteousness is filthy rags. But the righteousness that you have that does any good is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ is in your life, you've become a righteous And you seek to be more and more righteous, more and more like Jesus. So that when we get to heaven, they don't have to wonder, is this one, does this one belong here? Because they look and say, you know what? She looks a lot like Jesus. He looks a lot like Jesus. He belongs. Yes, his name is indeed written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so he says, you know what? The work of my hand is going to bring these things that I might be glorified. You see, when others see God working in our life, God is the one that gets the glory and gets the credit because he's the one that makes the change. And when they see you living in peace in this world, there's a lot of turmoil in this world. There's a lot of craziness and nonsense going on in this world. And this world needs to see some peace. And they need to see that you, as a child of God, are not running around like Chicken Little, but rather, you say, hey, what, what comes will come. God's still God. And it would say, even so, come, Lord Jesus. And so Isaiah reminds us of the important truth that, yes, there's darkness in this world, but darkness is only eradicated by light. Light transforms darkness. It makes darkness cease. And that's what is supposed to happen in our life. And when it happens in our life and in our homes and in our churches, it's supposed to continue to spread through our communities and through our world. And ultimately, when Jesus comes again, this world will be remade. And there'll be a new heaven and a new earth, and wars will cease, and strife will cease, and sorrow will cease. And God will have ultimate and final victory. There's peace in knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. 
Without Jesus, there is no peace. But as long as he's there, there is a peace. And Peter says it this way. He says it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace that we don't understand doesn't make sense to us. Because it's not our peace. It's not peace that we manufacture, and it's not peace that we earn. It's peace that we receive because of whose child we are. And the fact that a Heavenly Father lives in our life. And the fact that a Son died on the cross of Calvary and a Spirit continues to indwell us and help us to live a life that honors and pleases the Almighty. And so the question to, in Isaiah's day was, are you still shining? And I think Isaiah's question to us in 2021 as we approach the end of the year, are you still shining? Is your light bright? Is it about snuffed out? your light is bright and you're living for God, people will, will see God and they'll see salvation and they'll see peace. And those are three things this world desperately needs to see and to know. And friends, the only way they're going to see it is if we, as God's people, show it to them. And I hope God will help us to do that. So let's stand together and we'll be dismissed for Sunday school this morning. Remember all the announcements and... Uh, uh, in prayer for those some still traveling home today uh, from the Thanksgiving holiday so um, keep them folks in, in your prayers Brother George dismiss us please